Click the subscribe button and click the notification bell to never miss another scary story. Being one of those people who says, oh, cows, every time I pass a farm, I can say that I really enjoy driving through or hanging out on farmland. Actually, I grew up on it, and I can tell you firsthand about some of the creepy things you hear on the farm, from the odd sounds of wildlife to the stories the older folks tell. There's always something happening on the farm, some of which you may not live through. Enjoy these five allegedly true scary stories from the farm. Remember, you can share your stories at darknessprevails.org. The Thing That Lived on My Family's Farm by DarkFox01 I was 13 years old, living in Michigan with my family, so that was three years ago. The night was warm and humid. I was in my aunt's farmhouse, reading in the guest room, when my uncle yelled to me, Ricky, get down here. I rushed down the stairs to see my uncle in the doorway. What happened? I asked. He pointed to a chicken, or what was left of a chicken. There wasn't much, and I couldn't tell until he told me what it was. Oh God, I said, quickly getting nauseous. Ugh, what did that? My uncle shrugged. This has been happening for some time now, my aunt said from behind. Just don't tell Edie. I nodded. My aunt cleaned up the chicken mess, and I returned to my room. When I made it there, I noticed out the window something white or pale just disappearing into the forest. I wondered to myself, squinting trying to get a better look. What is that? Later that night, I woke up with a dry mouth, so I walked downstairs into the kitchen, and I grabbed a cup. Suddenly, the motion-activated lights outside turned on. Tired and groggy, I said, Ah, dang raccoons. Everyone else was in bed, so surely that's what it had to have been. A couple of seconds later, I saw what looked like the reflection of eyes outside through the window. What happened next will forever scar me. Something tall, something lanky, came walking out of the forest, not walking, sort of hunkering down and lumbering along. This creature was white and thin, with a lizard-like head and claws. I quickly found myself frozen in absolute fear. Then, that monstrosity of a thing looked right at me. It was headed toward the chicken coop. I then heard a chicken screaming. Believe me, that's what it sounded like, a scream, followed by a loud crack. I thought about screaming myself, but I thought that my aunt or uncle wouldn't believe me, 
and I knew I could draw attention to myself. Attention from that inhuman thing. The creature came back with a pile of mush that used to be chicken in its mouth. It smeared red on the door and dropped the body right next to the window. The moon shined through bright enough to see that the thing had horns like a deer. I ducked down and heard the creature slowly walk away into the forest. I did not go to sleep that night. About a year ago, I told my uncle about the incident. He said that he had seen the thing before. He said it lived in the forest near the farm, and he also said he stopped trying to protect those chickens from it a long time ago. To him, it seemed like that creature was trying to assert dominance. Paranormal Farm Life by V. Hayes 522 I don't really even know where to begin. First of all, let me start by saying I grew up in a rural area in the Midwest on a small farm my stepdad and his family had had since he was young. When my mom and I moved in with him around age five, for me, it was a bit of a culture shock, coming from the suburbs where we had lived with my grandparents until that point. I'll be honest with you, I did not like living near the woods at all. I used to watch shows like Unsolved Mysteries and Are You Afraid of the Dark? So I was sure there was a werewolf behind every tree, a vampire lurking on the edge of the tree line at all times. As I got older though, I did end up coming around to the environment as I became an avid runner and began to utilize the lonely dirt country roads. By the time I moved out after high school, I had actually built up quite a bit of nostalgia for the place. I think what had helped me get over the fear in the end was being alone for an hour or two at a time on the old roads, miles away from people, surrounded by trees, and nothing threatening or terrifying ever happened like I imagined it would when I was a kid. At least, nothing I could see. On many evenings and some nights, I would be out there all alone, sometimes miles away from another human being where no one would hear me if I was hurt or attacked. Places sometimes even my cell phone would be of little use. This aspect, looking back, is actually probably the creepiest part of the whole story. Like I said, my family and I had absolutely no problems in that house or area for 18 years, but I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little bit intimidating driving home from scary movies or on dark nights when you could not see the moon or stars. I remember sprinting as fast as I could when I got home some nights 
if my parents had forgotten to leave the porch light on. But other than the occasional paranoia, we experienced nothing out of the ordinary until this year. Now, my mom is a very social woman. She does enough talking for both her and my stepdad. And my stepdad is very reserved, no nonsense. The straight to the point type of guy. He's a very practical man and has spent most of his life outdoors hunting and trapping. He actually specifically moved to that area to be away from people. My brother is pretty much a carbon copy of him and loves the outdoors just as much. I mean, sure, my entire family loves the outdoors, but these two, they live and breathe it. My sister is in high school, and at the time this all happened, her then boyfriend, my brother's best friend, Ollie, had just moved in with us. I lived about four hours away now with my partner and only visit every few weeks so it was them who started experiencing things first. The first experience we had, I wasn't actually present for, but I heard plenty about it. My brother and his friend were in the field next to ours, belonging to my stepdad's grandfather, who passed away in the 90s. All my stepdad's land is connected, so they keep their cattle scattered throughout the different properties. When you approach that specific plot of land, you will first go through a small patch of woods attached to our field and a hill once you emerge with a pond at the top that overlooks another field with a small house. That house was where my stepdad's grandfather actually lived. And when I say it's small, I mean just a living room, a bathroom and a small kitchen. The house is so old we don't really go inside anymore because it seems unstable. It really reminds me of the illustrations from those books, scary stories to tell in the dark. Anyway, they're there to check on a new calf that was born a few days before, as they've been known to be taken by wild animals every once in a while. That's when they see someone coming out of the house. This was a huge alert to my brother because he knows no one wants to be in that house. Anyone that should be there wouldn't be there because it's unsafe. So he and my sister's boyfriend move closer to see who it is and relax a little when they see it's just my stepdad. They're a little preoccupied and still kind of far from the house. So instead of walking all the way over, he calls my stepdad and asks him what he's doing over there. My stepdad is quiet for a moment before he reveals that he's in town with my mother getting groceries. Like I said, he's not really one to joke around, so my brother knows immediately that something is wrong. He and Ollie run over to the house and as they get closer, they see the back of someone walk behind the house out of view. When they get to the other side, as you might have guessed, there was nothing. Let me reiterate that they are in a field, could not have hid behind a tree. He couldn't have hid anywhere for that matter because there was nothing to hide behind. Doing what most people would do, they run as fast as they can home and lock the doors, waiting for my parents to get back. They would return later with my stepdad 
armed along with three or four of our dogs. But there was nothing, no sign of anyone in the house, no footprints, and the rusty door didn't even seem to be disturbed. They went home with a few theories, homeless people, neighbors, or kids really, but none of that explained how this person just seemed to dip out of existence. I don't think that's what really bothered them though. I think what really scared those boys was the fact that this person looked identical to my stepdad. I was face to face with the faceless man by Jake. I'm 21 years old, living on the shoreline of Lake Huron in Ontario, Canada. I've been here my whole life. The area where I live specifically is surrounded by farmland and dense forested areas that are home to many different animals, as well as the occasional speed abuser. I had just graduated from lineman school in early 2017 and was bent on finding a job right off the bat. I learned quickly though that good paying jobs were not common, so I took a job as a utility locator. For those of you who do not know, what I do is find underground power lines, gas lines, and telephone lines for homeowners or contractors by using a fancy metal detector. This is important because being a locator it means you have to go to some pretty strange locations, like abandoned houses that are going to be knocked down soon. On November 28, 2017, I received a job for a home demolition and had to find the old hydro and telephone lines. The homeowner wanted to meet me, so I had a general area of where to stop locating. I gave him a call. He told me the house hadn't been lived in since 1983 and that he had bought the house about 10 years ago. He had never stepped foot in it, which I found odd. He said he would be at the house in about 10 minutes though. Half an hour later, he still doesn't show up, and I'm getting annoyed. I started down the driveway in my car. For context, this driveway was about a kilometer long, and the house was surrounded by a veil of trees thick enough you could just barely see through them. The backyard of the house was fairly long as well, with old farm equipment and car parts that had been rusted beyond recognition. I decided to start the job since he still wasn't there, and it has now been 40 minutes. I was ready to leave due to this isolated house's creep factor being over 9,000. I looked around the house looking for the hydrometer and the telephone cable. During my search, I found a door on the side of the house that was hidden by some bushes. Being adventurous and probably a bit stupid, I pushed the bushes aside. The door had a huge hole in the bottom right corner that I could force myself through, but at the hole there was animal scat all over the floor. Doing my best to avoid it, I squeezed through. Once I stood up and looked around this decaying old house, I noticed that nothing had been touched except for a few broken dishes on the floor. 
All the cutlery was still in the drawers. The dish towel was still in the sink, although it was black with mold and rot. I opened the fridge and saw some gross-looking slime on the bottom. Otherwise, it was empty. I left the kitchen and entered the living room. The old shag carpeting was soaking wet and full of whatever a clean freak's nightmares are made of. Just as I looked up, my eyes caught sight of something on the coffee table. It was a picture. A man in an old-style cap and wearing a leather jacket stood holding two children who looked like they were having the time of their lives. The man's face appeared happy as well. However, his smile looked forced and tired. I guessed it was the face of a man who lived, worked, and bled for his two kids. I put the picture down and looked up. The roof above me had sagged down due to water damage. I wanted to explore upstairs, but I didn't want to take the risk of the floor falling under my feet, so I simply decided to get the job over with. Back outside, I noticed the guy was still not here yet. I was getting irritated. I quickly found the hydrometer and the telephone line. I hooked onto the hydrometer and turned my machine on. Now this is when things get scary. When my locating wand is over a power line, it beeps. Well, the wand wasn't beeping. It was screaming, like the power line was lying in the grass. No matter where I waved the thing, it would scream. As I'm waving the wand around, my eyes caught sight of something by one of the old pieces of farm equipment. I looked hard as it was kind of far, and I saw that it was a man crouched down, looking at an old tractor. I called out to him thinking it was the man on the phone who I had talked to earlier. I started to walk over to him. When I was about 25 meters away from him, my screaming wand makes a pop sound and goes silent. This shocked me, as it had brand new batteries in it, and it should not have gone out like that. I rubbed my head, and continued toward the man still talking to him, just thinking he was hard of hearing. When I was ten meters away, I stopped in my tracks. I noticed something then. This man was wearing a leather jacket, and the same old-style cap, that I had seen in the photo on the coffee table inside. I yelled at him, because he hadn't answered me once yet, in my attempts to communicate. All of a sudden, the light outside had instantly gotten darker, and clouds seemed to be rolling in from nowhere. Immediately, my ears popped, because of the sudden atmospheric change. I held on to my head in pain as a stinging sensation welled up behind my eyes. Once I recovered, I looked up, but the color must have drained from my face. I felt my entire body go cold and tense. The man was now standing and was only five feet away from me. His arms were glued to his sides like he was standing at attention. As my eyes made their way up this man's body, they suddenly stopped. I tried to scream, because the man had absolutely no face. When I say no face, 
I mean nothing. No nose, no eyes, no mouth, just a blank slate. I took a few steps back, and that's when the man goes insane. He starts screaming this bone-chilling, gut-wrenching scream, except it's like it's completely muffled, like if you screamed into a pillow. He falls to his knees and starts clawing at his non-existent face. I see cuts appearing and disappearing as quickly as they were made. He gets back up and is suddenly calm again. I didn't realize this, but I had begun crying from sheer fright, from the terror. He then raises an arm pointing straight at me and starts moving his finger as if telling me to come over. I took that as a sign to run like the wind. As soon as I turned to run, his terrifying screaming began again, but that scream was now paired with footsteps following close behind me. I left all my gear there and ran to my car, flooring it right out of there. I glanced in my rearview mirror and my heart fell into my stomach. This man was standing in the driveway behind me doing a deliberately slow wave, as if taunting me. I was scared breathless at this point. I called my boss and told him I'd be ending my day early. I got home and went to bed, trying to forget the events of that day, but obviously, I couldn't. I was on edge about this for weeks. Fast forward to Christmas Day. After we had all opened presents at 4pm, my mom gets a phone call and gives me the phone. I look at her with a raised eye and put my ear to the phone. My eyes go wide, my mouth opens. My parents also have the same reaction on their faces. What I was hearing was that same painful, terrible, muffled scream. My parents could hear it from where they were sitting. My dad's face changed from horror to anger. My mom, however, sat there, confused and terrified. I hung up and told my parents about the incident from that day. They comforted me a bit, but I was soon happy again after a few drinks with family and friends. But that doesn't mean I haven't received the same phone call still, with nothing but that screaming sound. It's not just me now. Some of my friends and family have been plagued with it. Just last week, however, it has subsided. I hope no one else has to endure that level of fear, not what I had to go through. I retrieved my gear from that house later on, and luckily didn't see anything. I believe that spirit, or whatever it was, it was the man from that picture, and I hope I never have to see or hear from it again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. 
You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Locked out of the bathroom by Fred. To get you started on my story, I need to explain a few things. For starters, my roommate and I live in a small farmhouse, and we also have no curtains on any of our windows. We've only been living together for about one month, and we've never had an experience quite like this before. It was late one night when Dan and I were coming home from work. We were both really tired, and we just wanted to take showers before going to bed. I decided to go first because I knew he'd want to take one right before sleeping, so he was preparing his clothes for the morning. I walked up to the bathroom and tried to open the door, but it was locked. Now our bathroom can only be locked from the inside, and it doesn't have a keyhole from the outside. At that point, I was mad because I had to work the next day. Both of us did. I tried to hide the fact that I couldn't open the door, but soon Dan said, What's the holdup, man? We gotta go to bed. I quickly explained the situation, and he remembered we had a window that we could try and reach from the outside. Once we were outside, he got on my shoulders to try and pry open the window, but to no avail. 
I made him get off of me and I was about to try myself. I got on his shoulders, ready to open the window, when all of a sudden I hear the neighbor's horses going crazy, screaming, making a ton of noise as they bucked up in the air. I glanced over and saw a glint of moonlight shining off of a pair of glasses. Standing next to the other side of the fence was a bald, tall man. He looked to be in his late 40s. I yelled at Dan to run and jumped off of him as we practically trampled each other getting inside and locking the door behind us. We turned off all the lights and hid inside our bedrooms, the man yelling outside, why so scared, boys? The next thing we knew, the guy was slamming his body against the door repeatedly. It was a small house, and it wasn't built all too well. I knew it wouldn't be long before the door gave way, and this psycho would get in. We snuck over to the kitchen, hiding amongst the shadows, and we both grabbed a kitchen knife, preparing for the worst. We both sat motionless for about 20 minutes, not daring to move. When we got up, we looked outside, trying to find any trace of the man, but after not finding anything, we gave up and went to bed, but we didn't get a lot of sleep that night. The next morning, we contacted our landlord, telling him what happened, as he changed the lock on the bathroom door. He looked at me and said, Fred, you two are lucky. Last night, because last night Mrs. Gardner heard a lot of noise, and she dismissed it thinking it was her husband getting home from the sheriff's office, as he usually does at night. When she didn't see him, and she woke up, she thought he went to get breakfast, but his squad car was still in the drive, and his keys were still in the front door. Basically, whoever that was did something to Mrs. Gardner's husband. And now this crazy, bald, tall man is at large. I can't help but think that we could have been his next victims. I hope Mrs. Gardner's husband is found. at the cemetery stays at the cemetery by Dira Matter. The following story happened at a small rural church in the low country of South Carolina. Farmland, really. It was one of my first paranormal experiences, and I've not been the same ever since. This happened four years ago. My friends and I were at a family friend's farm. It was me, P, A, and T, my sister. We were driven there by P's mom. We had all agreed that night to help out at the church. Now, if you've ever been in old churches, sometimes they're in the middle of a cemetery. And this cemetery had plots from over 100 or 200 years ago. Some maybe even older. 
it was a very big and especially creepy area. None of us were afraid of being there, per se. We were all in middle school at the time, and we were at the height of our weird phases, so playing in a cemetery was every emo kid's dream. As cliche as it sounded, we downloaded an app on our phones to communicate with spirits, which we did as a joke. It added both to the creepy and funny factor. We were at the church going over the old plots and moving around to the newer plots. My sister T and I had no problems walking on the graves and looking at the stones, but the creepiest was one of the old stones that was broken in half. It appeared to have been smashed upon the ground. Just as we found it and were trying to figure out how that happened, the app on P's phone sounded, speaking the word, stop. We all listened and froze. Weird, but okay, we left the stone alone and then moved to the newer plots, which had very large statues in the plots and areas. The most noticeable was a weeping angel. Just as we were looking at it, all the lights went out and I mean all of them. The street lights, the church lights, which was weird because there was no sound signaling a power outage. It was 10 p.m. by then. There was no wind, it was a clear sky, and it was pitch black. From the church, you could hear the family friend cursing about the power, and almost ironically, it flickered a few times before coming back on with no explanation. My friend A joked a little bit about ghosts being mad because we were being disrespectful about their graves, which only made us feel uneasy. At the time, I was trying to ignore the most unnerving part, the fact that it was completely silent. Not only was the wind gone, so were the sounds of bugs chirping and the movement of nighttime animals. We were in the middle of South Carolina after all, this sort of silence was uncalled for. We started going back inside to the church when me and P glanced across the road. We then noticed something moving under the brush, making the bushes rustle a bit. We decided to walk a little faster after that. Once we stepped foot into the church, the lights went off again and we heard the word cry coming from all of our phones at once from the app. We freaked out and turned our phones off. Eventually, we found P's mom when the lights flickered back on. We took the opportunity to leave then. Within a few minutes, we were all outside gathering into the car. The church had the lights go off again, and just as we were pulling out, I saw the lights flicker only from a small window, as if only the lights in that room were coming back on. This window was on the second story, I stared in awe and terror as I saw a person's face peering through the window, staring at us as we were leaving. To this day, I refuse to go back because even though not much happened, it was the creepiest experience, one we wished we were just joking about. Don't let these stories scare you too much. If you ever get the chance to visit a farm, go ahead and do it. It could be a valuable learning experience. 
learning about what goes on at farms, such as tending to and raising animals, harvesting vast crops, and trying to survive the most horrifying creatures, psychos, and spirits you could imagine. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video, and submit your story at darknessprevails.org for a chance to have it appear in a future episode. If you want to support my channel, go to patreon.com darknessprevails, donate any amount, and for as long as you donate, you'll be able to download ad-free mp3s of each episode, and you'll get your name in the credits at the end of the episodes. Also, click that shop button below, or go to teespring.com store slash darknessprevails, and you can support me by buying my merch. Thank you. Now, as usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous episode about 10 real Ravenmocker sightings. Silhouette Sonata says, you finally got your Ravenmocker stories. Congrats. It was definitely a long time coming, so I hope you guys enjoyed that video enjoyed hearing about a new terrifying creature. Forsaken Marksman says, I meant to click on a different notification when this one popped up, but I don't regret it. Why would you regret it? Now you're informed of one more thing that wants to take your life at any given moment, so you can protect yourself better. You're welcome. X Fresh Kate says, Now that the previous video has taught me what the heck a Ravenmocker is, this video will be more enjoyable. I knew it'd be fun to do that, especially for a lesser known monster like the Ravenmocker. Maybe we can make it more popular. Kenneth K says, so if a Ravenmocker, a Skinwalker, and a Wendigo got into a fight, who would win? That's a tricky question, but I'll let the people in the comments decide. Who do you guys think would win? And the Raven says, I'm here to mock you. So looks like I've been targeted. Oh well, it was fun while it lasted. Anyways guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Darkness Prevails. More scary stories are coming soon, so stay tuned. Until next time, here are the credits to my patrons who continue to donate. They're awesome people. Remember, stay safe out there and stay creepy, because this world is a strange one. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.